Welcome to your first downs, the podcast dedicated to helping new high school football officials. Here are your hosts, Joel Poger and Kirk Russell from the Colorado Football Officials Association. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where and when you're listening to us. Thanks for joining us today on our inaugural episode of Your First Downs. Uh, My name is Joel Pogar. I will be your host, and I am joined by Kirk Russell, my co-host. We are both members of the Colorado Football Officials Association and put this podcast together to help new officials get a fast start on the field. So let's kick it off. Kirk, can you give us a quick intro about yourself? Let's let everybody know who they're listening to tonight. Hey y'all! I'm uh, I'm excited to get to talk about football. We're in the preseason of 2023, and it's it seems like we've got a couple months to to prepare, but it's going to be on our on our calendar before we know it. Now, just for background purposes, this is my 12th year of officiating on the field for high school football. I've been fortunate enough to work a little bit of college, uh, semi-pro, arena football, the women's leagues, and so forth that come through Denver. Um, probably over 300 games under my belt of one level or another in the last 12 years. Kirk, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in this and how long have you been doing this? You know, I got out of college and played football in college and it was a fall. I remember my wife looking at me saying, you've got to do something because you're driving me crazy. And she, and she saw in the newspaper an ad for officiating football back in 1990. I'll be going on 34 years of officiating and have loved it the entire time. Wow, 30 years of high school football. That's a long time to be on the field. I appreciate you giving that much back to uh, high school sports here in the Denver area. Well, Kirk and I were actually talking a couple weeks ago, and as Kirk mentioned, we're right in the preseason time for the 2023 season. We're just starting to see uh, kids kind of hit the practice fields around town. New officials classes are starting. Recruiting is in full swing for new officials. And Kirk and I really wanted to sort of give back and help the new officials get the best start they could on the field. So we decided to put this 10-episode podcast together. Not sure if we'll continue it past 10 episodes. Uh, If we've got enough to talk about or enough interest in the podcast, we'll keep going. But for right now, we've agreed to start with these 10 episodes and cover all the topics that may be of interest to a new official. So, Kirk, let's let's start right at the beginning. Let's just say um, somebody sitting at home. I'm really impassionate about football. I decided I wanted to get off the couch this season. How do I get involved? What's the first thing I need to do uh, to to make my progress toward the field? That answer is probably different around the country, um, and now different than it was in 1990. Now you can go on the internet and do enough search on a Google search and find maybe some contact information and make a phone call and. If, if you have an interest in officiating and that person knows about it, they will find a way to get you involved. So the best way to get started maybe is to jump online and do an internet search for uh, you know, football officiating or wherever your city is, Denver football officiating, Colorado Springs football officiating, or search for local associations. They're really the ones that um, kind of help organize the officials. Is that probably the best way to do it? Yeah, and I think uh, different states have different structures. A lot of times the youth programs are where officials start. And, you know, there's there's some tough, tough duties in that youth area. Um, I'm not that it's not not that it's easy in high school, but a lot of people cut their teeth in those uh, Saturday afternoon games. And then they either like that, make a little money there or they want to move up the ranks and the good ones can move up pretty quick. But, yeah, I, I think it's important to always understand that different 
associations cover different purposes. You know, the college guys have their associations, the high school have theirs. There's different regions around every state. I'm sure that there's some leadership that you have to work through. So yeah, it's, it's as much figuring out and navigating the officiating map as anything to get started. Let's take the next step in the process, Kirk. So let's say I found out the local association or who I need to connect with. And I've kind of gotten into the pool of new officials. Uh, there's a class. Let's just say I'm going to class right now. What are my expectations when I get done with a class? Am I going to be working the top level 5A varsity games right out of class? Because I, I do think some of the officials come in with some misconceptions that uh, as soon as they you know read a few books or go to a mechanics class, they're going to be working the, the high level games. Yeah, that uh, that's always that, there's a nervous moment. I can remember. I think everybody that's officiated remembers that first flag they've thrown or that first whistle they blew. Um, it's 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 tough, and uh, you know the the idea that guys think they can move up the ranks real quick. It is a it's a team effort. It takes a crew to get it right. You're not going to know everything, every play. You're going to be a, a a piece of the puzzle as every play develops. And there's, there's a lot more to it than just knowing the game of football. And I think everybody that steps into, um, into the uniform, or even before you put a uniform on, you take that test and you think, gosh, I've been playing football since I was in sixth grade. I watch it every Saturday and Sunday. I know how to do this. And the next thing you know, you realize, I don't know how to do any of this. All this stuff they're telling me is foreign. It's, definitions it's details and why why the rule is the way it is and and I, I think that turns a lot of people off they realize I've got to study I, I'm just going to jump in and put, put a whistle in my mouth and be very good the first time and I think the good officials um, really do realize where they can where they can get their assistance from and how to develop I think sometimes we fail some officials we put them into games too soon um, and it, it can turn you off. You can get a sour taste. You know, you get criticized not only by fans and coaches, but even your own. I mean, we're very, very critical of our own membership because we want to be perfect and that's not possible, but we certainly want to look, look good. I always say we're as good as the, you know, the bottom of the list and, uh, we all walk off the field. We're the same, we're the same person. You know, Kirk, just a quick story, and I don't know if you'll remember this from 12 years ago, but I, I actually got my start in officiating because of my wife. Uh, I was watching an NFL game one night and was yelling at the TV at, at, at some call, and I think it was either, you know, a hockey or a steratory. And she said, well, if you're so good, why don't you get out there? Man, I signed up for classes the next day, and I was on the, the field uh, a few short weeks later, and you were there at that very first scrimmage. Uh, I said, hey, I'm, I'm just here to watch. And you said, no, you're not. You're going to put your stripes on. So I went to my car, got the stripes, put them on, set up on the sideline as a wing official. The very first play, uh, it's a jet sweep run to my side. And all of a sudden, this huge wall of uh, 17 and 18, 200-pound, 300-pound kids comes at me. And I'll never forget it. They, they, cleared, they cleared me out. They cleared out the chains crew. We all went down. Uh, and it was kind of a baptismal moment, like like I'm really here. And it was one of the most uh, exciting days uh, of my life. And I've been in love with it ever since. My wife says she's a football widow every fall. But, hey, it's only, you know, 10, 12 weeks out of the year. And uh, I think I make up for it the, the other months of the year. So let's talk about the next thing, Kirk. Uh, you know, you, we've mentioned, you know, the passion for getting into it, how to get into it. 
Let's talk about maybe some of the not so good stuff in officiating. What happens when, you know, you're working your very first game, maybe you got, you know, your freshman game, sub varsity game, and uh, you get an angry coach, you get an angry parent, or, you know, something doesn't go quite right. How do you handle that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the most difficult components of this is um, emotions. The game is intense. There's a lot of emotions in it. Not only, not only the kids, but the, the coaches, and you're certainly interacting with coaches all the time and the kids. One of the messages I always share with officials is you cannot elevate your emotions even to the level that the coach has, because they're not the coach is not going to come down when you bring that that frustration up to his frustration level. You've got to stay below that. And then he'll drop down. And if you show calmness and you don't get a lot of respect, if, if you can show a coach that you're comfortable with what you did, and maybe you screwed it up. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, coach might have missed it. I didn't see that. I will. I'll look for it next time. And he's going to probably be in your grill and throw all sorts of temper tantrums. And sometimes, as you know, Joel, coaches sometimes do that animated act to show their players how important that game is to them and their expectations. And I've even had coaches walk out and tell me, hey, I'm going to make this look like I am frustrated beyond belief. You guys are doing a great job. How's your son doing? Blah, blah, blah. And walk back frustrated. But I want my kids to know how important this is because I think they're flat right now. And so there's a lot to the game that we don't even understand when we first get involved. You know, Kirk, it's funny that you talk about uh, some of those coach tactics. And this was maybe two years ago. I uh, had a similar incident where I was working the referee spot for one of the larger schools here in the Denver area. And I actually knew the coach. Uh, just after being around the game for 12 years, you, you kind of build sort of an informal relationship with the coaches. He was a good guy. But right in the middle of the game, he and his team's down. He starts screaming, throwing his clipboard, marching out onto the field. And kind of quietly under his breath, he said, throw the UNS flag. And he wanted the unsportsmanlike conduct foul. He wanted that to fire up his players, and it, it actually worked. I mean, his players um, were, were pretty fired up after all that happened, and everybody kind of kind of calmed down from the one play. But it's those uh, those those sort of coaching tactics, those nuances of the game, the emotions of the game that you have to learn as a new official. And you're not going to know those the very first day that you step out on the field. So you should be like a, a sponge taking all this in and not only learning the rules and the mechanics, but learning the strategies of the game, learning the individual coaches. There, there's a lot to there's a lot to take in. And I know you've been doing this 30 years. This is my 12th year. And I feel like I'm still learning every time I, I get onto the field. So uh, you can't expect to be uh, the best official on the field your very first day on the field, although we'd like to be, uh, and I hope they are. Um, but, you know, just understand there's a growing process to get to this. Kirk, let's switch gears for just one second and actually talk about the game of football at the high school level. You know, one thing I, I noticed when I first got started is there were a lot of teachers uh, that were either officials or coaches or part of the program. And the most successful teams seem to be those coaches that, that also had an educational background. Um, I think a lot of people forget that this is part of the high school curriculum. All sports, right, are. And there's valuable lessons to be learned not only in football, but, you know, lacrosse, baseball, hockey, you know, all the other um, extracurricular activities in high school. Uh, what is your opinion, you know, about what's kind of happened or how the game has transitioned over the last 10 years or so? I think one thing that we have lost track of over the years, and, and maybe 
I say this because I, I worked with a lot of teachers or baseball coaches that were officiating football or, you know, they just they crossed over basketball coaches that officiated football in the fall. I think there's a lot less educators in stripes right now. Um, I remember back in the day, I'm, I was an engineer, consulting engineer. I couldn't get off work to do a JV game. I had to take vacation um, and the teachers were off school. So they were ideal for filling in those sub varsity games. And I, I was kind of jealous of them being able to do that. But I think we've got as officials, we've got to pay attention that this football game is part of the education system. We get all wrapped up that the game of football is played by some adults. You know, these boys act like they're adults. They're really just overgrown kids at age 16. Um, so it, it's it's part of the process. And I, I'm disappointed. I think we do have some coaches that don't focus on it as the education piece. But man, when you get a coach that does, it just it's it's a dream come true for the whole the whole game and watching the kids respond to that and respect all that stuff wraps into what we do this for. Kirk, let's talk a little bit about career path as an official. We're fortunate enough here in Colorado that we actually have four uh, alumni from our association as well as Colorado that are now NFL officials and and very proud of them. Um, you know, when new officials come in kind of back to the expectations thing we were talking a little bit ago, how quickly can somebody move up? How can they progress? If they really have a mindset to do this and go to college and then, you know, beyond the NFL and that kind of thing, how quickly does it, does it take to get there? Cause I think you and I have all met, you know, the one or two officials that come in kind of overconfident, let's just say that. And, uh, you know, they say, I'm going to work high school this year, college next year, and I should be in the NFL by year three. And we both know that that doesn't happen. So can you talk a little bit about career path as an official? How long did it take those, you know, four Denver alumni to be able to make it to that elite level? Yeah, I, I you and I both seen officials come in and you can recognize really talented for whatever reason. There's just the mixture of um, the ability to learn and and find where where to the touch points on how to move yourself up. I, I talk sometimes about guys will say, oh, it's it's so political. And I go, you know what? If you say it's political, there's a chance you're not as good as you think you are. You kind of have to figure out where you fit, how to learn how to do what you're doing, where to where to tie into the, the guys that are moving up. Some guys get disgruntled. If you start to move towards them, you're just going to end up lower in the ranks. You got you to gotta figure out how to move. And it's not just on the football field. It's personality skills. It's understanding i tell a lot of new officials you got to learn how to be coached at officiating i use the example my kid was a great baseball player and i'd take him to batting practice or a, a trainer to teach him how to bat better and this trainer said or this coach says hold the bat like this this one says hold the bat like this and i'm thinking i paid for both of these and they're almost exact opposite but it really comes down to learning the information you get and how to apply it to the field when the moment is needed uh, all of that stuff, I would say those guys at the NFL level have learned how to find their space in the whole operation and, and moving up is part of that if that's your goal. So, Kirk, what I'm hearing is it's not just what happens on the field. It's the whole package, right? It's personality. It's ability to learn. It's the ability to be coached. It's the ability and the drive and desire to move up. It's a lot of things uh, to be able to get to that next level. It's not just how you do on the football field. Kirk, let's talk about another question that I frequently get either from new officials or, or somebody looking into becoming an official, and that's fitness. 
How important is it at the high school level? I mean, let's just say, you know, I'm that guy that's spent the last 10 years on the couch, watching a lot of games on TV, eating a lot of sandwiches, potato chips, and, and drinking a lot of Coke uh, or Pepsi, if you're a Pepsi fan. Do I have to be an elite athlete to get out there and participate in high school sports? I mean, what if I've been kind of, you know, sedentary for the last, you know, five, 10 years or so? I mean, do I need to hire a trainer uh, now if I want to get back out on the field and get involved in high school sports? No, and that's, uh, it's important, especially at the high school level that people understand. And I think there's, there's a negative to not looking fit. I've always talked about, you got to look good. You got to look the part. You got to look comfortable. When as soon as you get out of your car at a JV game, you have eyes on you. And many times you are the enemy because they think that you are going to screw up a call in their game. And so they're watching every detail. They watch how you walk. They watch how you smile, how you how you interact with some people. You got to show confidence, but not be cocky. Um, and yes, if, if you're really heavy, I think there's just a natural tendency for uh, for fans and coaches to think, oh, he's not as good. And, and so it's not a, you don't have to be a fit athlete. Matter of fact, we talk about you, you move less, you see more, not to say that you should look lazy. Cause then that's the other extreme. If you look lazy now, you're also judged as not being good. So there's just a balance of, um, of athleticism and fitness. Um, but no, I, I would not say that somebody should avoid getting into officiating because they don't feel like they are fit enough. I think that comes with the kind of all that other stuff that rolls into their talent. I wanted to to throw this in as well. We were talking about expectations and you mentioned the the guy that's sitting on the couch eating a sandwich. Um, It is so critical. All those guys at the NFL level would tell you it's important that you have buy-in from your family because it is a, it is an impact. And here in Denver, Colorado, we work on Thursday nights, Friday nights and Saturdays, sometimes some JV games on Monday and, you know, halfway through the season, your spouse, significant other is going to look at you and go, okay, when's the season over? Because this is, this is a little bit rough. I'm taking care of kids. And then you come home and either you're kicking the dog because you got yelled at by a coach or you come back and you're excited and you had a beer with the buddies and the spouse is going, okay, when is, when is the end of the season? So it's important you get buy-in from, uh, from the family. Kirk, that's an excellent point, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, when I first got started in officiating, I don't think my wife really understood the kind of the time commitment that was involved with it, and I wanted to get better as quickly as I could. So, you know, if you're just starting out in this, make sure you have the support of your significant other, your kids, uh, maybe even your job if you want to, you know, check out of work a little early to, to catch or work a JV uh, or, you know, some varsity game. So all great and excellent points. Thanks for bringing those up. Kirk, maybe somebody listening to this is still on the fence of whether officiating is right for them and they're still kind of thinking through it uh, without, you know, having a scientific methodology behind it or anything. And based on your 30 years of experience, uh, you know, you were also uh, one of the CFOA presidents for a while. Is there a profile of an individual that makes a good official? Uh, what, What are some of the things that you think help people be successful in, in high school officiating? I've always said that, uh, and, and we struggle in, in the leadership roles around the state of Colorado, where do we find good officials? And there's, there's a desire to, hey, let's grab somebody right out of college like you and I talked about. The tough part about that is then you start having kids and the kids get involved in soccer or do the things that are demanding on, on you and then it becomes a spouse um, 
effort and it kind of it makes it tough. I've often thought that the ideal candidate is the dad that's maybe got his son his last year of high school football. He's he's seen officiating and he kind of still wants to be around it, loves the game. It's a great time to get get acclimated, maybe even right at the end of your kid's career, because a lot of times those last few years, your son's waving at you as he's driving out of the driveway, and that's about all you see of him except on uh, Friday nights with his uniform on. So I think it's it's really an ideal moment to say, hey, this is something I want to do. You don't have to feel like you've waited too long. I don't believe there's – we've got guys that are working into their late 70s. I think if you said, hey, I'm 50, I don't have time, nah, 10, 15, 20 years of officiating is is easily achieved. Let's talk about another aspect of the game, and that's the ability to make quick decisions. You know, I, I can't remember where I heard this. It was either a camp clinic, you know, something like that. But uh, I heard that, you know, a football official has to make 10 decisions on every play. And considering that, you know, most plays last between six and eight seconds, you're making more than one decision per second. So some people have a stress factor with that. And I was working with a, uh, a young female official last year. She had a real passion for the game. She knew the rules. She knew the mechanics, but she was really struggling on the field. And when I was talking to her, she said she's so fearful of making a mistake, right? Either throwing a flag or not throwing a flag, um, misunderstanding a rule or a mechanic. How does a new official sort of get over that analysis paralysis and, and start to trust themselves when they're on the field to, to make a decision? Well, it's a great question. And I think everybody's been through that. I, I think if I were to have any wisdom to help with that, it's we as, as starting officials, we think we have to we have to see it all. And and then once you become more of a veteran, our communication, once you've been in it a while, is always we've got to get the big stuff. We've got to get the stuff that matters to the play, the result of the play. And and as an example, holding and pass interference, those are judgment calls. Um, and a lot of times as you get years under your belt, you start putting tools in your toolbox, such as down and distance. It's third and long, just like when you play. Coaches know what the likelihood of a pass is. We should have that same premonition that it's likely a pass. And, hey, they like to throw to this guy. And so there's just this hidden information that allows you to pull some pieces together. Is there a chance of holding on the other side of the field that you have to see? And the answer is no. Somebody else is taking care of that. We want the fouls that are big and have an impact on the play. The one the coaches want to see called, not every nitpick play that you think you're responsible to call. And I think once you start realizing we want to get the big stuff and the things we miss are not as significant as the things we get and get wrong. And so I think if we just sort that out, that there's a there's a need not to see everything. There's a need to see the big stuff. The, and, and in particular, safety issues. You know, when we see something that looks like the, the fans aren't going to be happy, the coach isn't going to be happy unless there's a flag on the field, that's kind of what we want to make sure we don't ever miss. So, You know, there's two things I always tell new officials when they're just getting started. And, and number one is you're going to make mistakes. Don't be afraid of the mistakes. Learn from them. Uh, this is a new, you know, avocation, hobby, whatever you want to call it. When you learn something new for the first time, whether it's playing guitar or how to play chess or, or whatever, right, you're going to make a mistake. Shouldn't be afraid of the mistake, but you should learn from those mistakes. The second thing I tell new officials is focus on one aspect of the game that you want to work on for that game. 
and then pick something for the next game. So for example, you work in a game today, maybe you're going to focus on having the best line mechanics possible. The next game, you're going to focus on, uh, you know, the rules or, or holding or pass inter- specific, specifically pass interference for that game. So it's not trying to take everything. And I think as you just said a moment ago on every play and focusing on particular aspects of it. If, if you just understand that everybody is going to make mistakes and, and you'll get better at it and wanting to get better is important. If you think you're good enough, it's time to hang it up because there's there's ways to improve every every step of the way. The time is really going quick on this first podcast, and I can't believe we're almost 25 minutes into it. I want to make sure we address one more topic uh, that I get asked a lot from new officials, and that is, how do I know which position to work? So here in Colorado, we work primarily five-man mechanics in the high school level during varsity assignments. Even our sub-varsity, the uh, you know freshman and, and typical JV games, uh, we'll have four or five officials. On the rare occasion, there might be three, but there's different positions available, right? There's linesman, back judge, umpire, et cetera. You know, as a new official, Kirk, which one of those should I be gravitating to? Is one easier than another uh, to learn or get through? Uh, I guess the one piece of advice I've got is never take the R or the referee spot as a new official. Uh, sometimes an assigner may not know you and will uh, put you there by accident. And so if you get assigned the referee spot, make sure you you don't take that or you turn back that game or talk to the assigner. Um, but Kirk, what about the other spots? The, you know, the um, linesman, line judge, back judge, umpire. Is there one spot you think a new official should start in? I would assume it's fairly standard that associations put the newer officials on the sideline. It could be a myriad of reasons. One of them could be they're tired of having coaches screaming in their ear. So you put the new guy out there to cut his teeth on those uh those comments from the coach, but more likely um, the wing position is a, is a pretty good starting point. There's, you're looking at half the field, which kind of narrows the information that you're gathering and that line of scrimmage space and the chains and things like that. It's just a vantage point that I think allows you to not move as much. Your responsibilities of those high profile calls tend to be a little bit lower, not that they go away. But you, you know, the referee is is the the visual everybody has, and that's not a good place to start as a brand new official. Umpires would probably be the second position I would think you'd get into. I a lot of times see bigger guys go working umpire. It's changed over the years, but it's it's until you get comfortable with where you need to be and what all you're supposed to be looking at, it can feel like you're in the middle of a of a car crash and you're just trying to avoid bodies. And, you know, the back judge position, the, the guy that's in the very deep with the, uh, the receivers, the deep receivers, and in particular, the punt returners, those are some stressful moments. I never wanted any part of that. that that's some high profile stuff and probably not one that you would typically throw a, a brand new official in. There's just a lot goes on back there as a back judge. We typically say that back judge back there is really the, the referee of the defense. It's kind of dividing the field up. And so I, I would say that uh, wing position is normally the one to start at. You know, it's funny, Kirk, different strokes for different folks. You mentioned not liking the back judge spot, and I love it back there. I mean, I, I worked the referee spot for a number of years as a crew chief and so forth. I really enjoyed that. I just don't have the time to lead a crew anymore, and I wanted to, um, you know, still have uh, an important part of the game. And that back judge spot really allows me to 
um, sort of get the best of both worlds back there. I don't have the coaches barking at me, still involved in a lot of the big plays. So I really love it back there. Now you, I know you like to work the umpire spot. I'll just tell you, you're more of a man than I am. But every single time I've worked that umpire position, and I mean every time, which has been like maybe a half dozen at most, I've ended up on my keister. So that is, that's just not a position that I'm built for or am comfortable in. I will take anything on the field, but the umpire spot. Yeah. And I, um, you know, back to that, that back judge role, I, I've, I've often wondered if there's just some guidance on that, where should I, if once I'm done on the wing, maybe I want to look at one of the other positions to me, the difference between an umpire and a back judge, I think the basketball type guys, high school, college basketball guys, there's a lot more hand arm positioning, running. And I think the the wrestling guys are probably better umpires because that's what happens in the middle of that line of scrimmage is kind of a wrestling match, trying to figure out whether it's a legal move or an illegal move as a wrestler, holding or tripping or things like that versus, again, the basketball foul kind of mentality that I think a back judge would carry it into the game. Well, Kirk, we're already at our time for this first episode. I can't believe 30 minutes of talking about football and officiating has went by that fast. So I guess when we're talking about football and officiating, uh, time really does fly. So I appreciate you joining me tonight as my co-host. And for those listeners, uh, stay tuned to us for next week. We're going to be talking about rules. We may get some coach interviews. We're going to talk about assignments and just all aspects of getting involved and getting off to a good start of officiating as part of this Your First Downs podcast. Kirk, how does that sound? Awesome. All right. Well, I wanted to thank all of our listeners for joining us and spending 30 minutes of their day with us. Hopefully this Your First Downs podcast was beneficial. If you have questions for Kirk and I uh, that you'd like to be addressed, go to the yourfirstdowns.com website. Again, that's yourfirstdowns.com. You can send Kirk and I a live message and we will answer it on air. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you for our next episode next Thursday.